everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the pod thing. The, the Star Mints podcast. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to the Star Mints. Hope you got your mints ready, because we have an exciting episode for you guys. If you haven't noticed, we don't record in the same spot twice, so. No, it's it's probably not that different Maybe sounding. Not. No. If we sound different, it's because we're in a different location today. We're yeah. shooting on set today. <clears throat> Listen, we're not rich, so we don't have a dedicated pod studio. We gotta make it sound like we're rich. We're shooting on set today. We are totally shooting on our dedicated set with our neon signs and our high-tech equipment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one microphone. <laughs> right. One. <laughs> Two TBD. Right. Um, yeah, so we're going to be talking about auroras. The Aurora Borealis. And, and others. Australis. I do want to give a warning. Um, I have a new dog, and if they bark or yip or... Barker? Make noises if you hear dog noises in the background. Yep, that be that be why. So pardon, but the auroras. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm very excited. I'm super excited. I requested this topic. I just want that to be TBD and <clears throat> D and D. <laughs> it is D. It is D. It has been deed. Be deed. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, the plan for this podcast was actually originally supposed to be auroras and beyond and talking about auroras of all sorts, but Mm -hmm. I found in my research that it was so intriguing and expansive how much we know about our own earthly auroras that, uh, we're just going to do a whole episode about earth auroras. Um, Earth auroras, (laughs) not... Extra Earth auroras. (laughs) Not any other auroras that exist in the universe. Which might be like a little bit of a tease for a future episode. Yeah. Kind of. That's all we're going to say. Yeah. That's all we're going to say. That's all you get. That's all you get. So Um, the earthly aurora. Yeah. So the earthly auroras. Borealis. We're going to start at the very beginning. The Big Bang? No. Just what... What is Aurora Borealis? What does it mean? What well, is Aurora or Australis? Wouldn't it be just, isn't there different types of auroras in the world? Or is it just only There's the only Bore- two on Earth. Yeah, and it's, yeah. what's the other one name? Australis. Yes. Yeah. So Aurora Borealis. Okay. Uh, Borealis uh, meaning the or a Latin word for boreal, which simply means northern. Hence the northern lights, Aurora Borealis. Does the other one mean southern Kind of. Um, it uh, Australis uh, means of or brought by the south wind in Latin. That one's way cooler. Yeah, it is actually way cooler. And also, because I had to look it up, Australis. where Australia got its name from. Aust- is it spelled similar? So is it Australis, like A-U-S-T-R-A-L-I-S? Is that how you spell that southern uh, uh Like if you were to spell Australia, yeah. but instead of an A, it's, it's an, an S. It's an S. Yeah, oh. Australis. Okay. Um, and, uh... Don't know why I needed that, but I needed it. Yeah, uh, Australia used to be named Terra Australis, and then it was changed when? to Australia. Uh, I don't know, a long time ago. Oh. Okay. I just, I looked up... Is it after the Northern Lights, or did they name the Northern... No. Vice versa? Just, it has no relation. It's just no, it's yeah. It uh, Australia was named because it was, like, the southernmost continent in that area. So they were like, of the mm. south wind, let's name it Terra Australis, which Terra means land. Right. And so land of the south wind. 
is really what Australia used to mean. I see a lot of pinks in the Aurora Australis. Yeah, we're going to talk about color, too. Cool. Um, okay, I'm in. So in order to explain the auroras on Earth, we have to explain the origin of what it is we're seeing in the sky. Where is it coming from? And what the hell it is. And what it is. Yeah, why are, why are we seeing colors in the sky? What mm-hmm. is this? Um, it starts at the sun. So when I said we're starting at the beginning, we're starting with the sun. And the sun has a lot to tell us. We could do a whole a episode on what the sun is. It's pretty nuts. The sun is something that we, we see every day, but we don't really understand what it is. Mm-hmm. The best way to describe the sun, by the way, is literally a nuclear power plant. Everything that is happening inside the sun is nuclear fusion. Even the elements? <clears throat> yeah. So the sun is made up of two major elements, hydrogen and helium. That's it. There's only 2% variance of other, there's like lead. And I mean, it makes sense things. because all it does is put off heat and steam and gases and obviously light. But It gets way crazier when you hit temperatures so high. Like yeah. think some weird shit happens. So I guess it that. is like, yeah, definitely. The more you think about it, you're like, oh my God, that is a nuclear power plant. It Holy is. Fuck. So we're going to deep dive into that a little bit. So okay. the temperature in the core of the sun is 14 million degrees. How the fuck did we measure that? That's crazy. But keep going. And the pressure is so powerful that hydrogen atoms are squeezed together to form helium. So that's how helium is born in the sun. Because it is so hot and the gravity is so powerful in the center that uh, hydrogen atoms combine together to form helium. That's fucking insane. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. Creating another (laughs) element from one element. Yeah, stars do it all the time. Stars create elements all the time. Um, But the sun, if it wasn't so powerful, wouldn't really create much of helium. But it does because it's... It's so crazy. Is that why it floats in the sky? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Okay, wow. I've been watching too many TikToks where people are like, what country is it? Are we in? And they're like, I don't know, South America? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I was just kidding. I was really just kidding. So when I was writing this up, I basically uh, shat shat everywhere (laughs) Um, when I read that. I did. Shit and Uh, run. (laughs) Teaser. So... I wrote that it's essentially a gigantic nu- nuclear fusion plant. because It is. makes pure fucking sense. Now, when I say gigantic, I mean that as basically an understatement. Totally. From the center of the sun to the outermost edge, it spans 432,000 miles in radius. So from the center to the edge. Radius. Yes. Um, which is 109 times larger than Earth's radius. So if you took Earth... Earth's radius and multiplied it by 109. Yeah. That's how So 109 half Earths. Yeah. Wild. Um, It also contains a mass of 98. This is absolutely mind-boggling. The mass of the sun accounts for 99.8% of all the mass in our solar system. Yeah. In our solar system. Solar system. So all the planets, though, Jupiter combined... Like Jupiter's mass, the Milky Way is oh. that technically part of? No, where the solar system is the. Oh 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 shit! No, never mind. I was thinking of the. That's a galaxy. No, that's not. No no no. The Milky Way is a galaxy that we're in. That we are in. Yeah, yes. But our solar okay. system is just a tiny little piece. A blip, of, and our uh, our solar system is just our planets. Right, and our neighboring galaxy is. That's Andromeda. Okay, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, please don't make me. It's do the this. closest to ours, and they will combine someday and create a dance of. Is there a sun? Do they have a sun? M- millions of them. 
They have lots of suns. Milky Way has millions of suns. That's a galaxy you're talking about. Or so, you said the solar system. Yes, but I'm saying in our solar system. Yes. The sun accounts for 99.8% of all the mass. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can actually believe that. Yeah. But I'm just saying, what was it? Andro... Andromeda? Andromeda. Is yeah. that a galaxy or a solar system? That's a galaxy. A galaxy yeah. that's going to combine with our galaxy. With Milky Way, eventually. Mi- which yeah. is our galaxy. Correct. Okay. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, because of the size and temperature of the sun, these gases actually are in the form of plasma. Mm-hmm. The plasma is a state of matter similar to gas, but with most of the particles ionized. Do you know what ionized means? I do. I think but... this was a trivia question that we answered, actually. <clears throat> uh, it means but that people, yeah. Yeah, it means that particles have an increased or reduced number of electrons, and plasma itself isn't technically magnetic. However, plasma consists of uh, magnetically charged particles. So magnetism can have an effect on plasma because it's ionized. Um, yeah, it has a charge, a pull. Right, right. it has, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, the, the, the science behind it is plasma consists of charged particles that are positive nuclei and negative electrons, therefore making um, sort of like mini magnets in a way. Right, because, again, positive. So I'm like, okay, so they're attracted to each other. Right. Yeah. Um, that can be shaped and confined by magnetic forces. This is very important. For auroras this is like core to understanding understand like the magnetic field that, aspect of that, it that plasma is ionized particles and influenced by magnetic fields okay so get that in your brain basically positively <clears throat> charged particles plasma is po- positive and negatively charged nuclei okay not magnetic itself Though, if you took a magnet to but plasma, to one side of it, it would though. warp it. Right, right. Yeah, because it's influenced by it. Yeah, of just, course. Just like Because it has pilots. a charge, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. If, that, if it weren't for that, we'd be dead right now. Just saying. Like, the if, magnetic field? Yeah. If, oh, if, yeah. If plasma wasn't ionized, if, it wasn't, if the sun wasn't powerful enough to ionize those particles, we would be dead every we, day. We wouldn't exist, would we? No. Not no. at all. So because the sun is so big and massive and doing all this crazy stuff to the particles is the reason instead of dying instantly, we get a light show at night. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, right. Three, we talked about this a little bit. Three-fourths of the sun is actually hydrogen currently. Mm-hmm. And the rest is basically helium, uh, though there are other elements in there that mm-hmm. make up 2% of the total mass. The sun is somewhat controlled by its own magnetic field. The magnetic field is defined by a combination of three complex mechanisms. A circular electrical current that runs through the sun, layers of the sun that rotate at different speeds, and the sun's ability to conduct electricity. We could dive hours into each of those, but basically just know that the sun is um, its own sort of entropic storm of uh, gas gas yeah and uh and mag magnetism going everywhere. magnetic fields yes. going like fucking wild yeah that's so fucking cool it's pretty wild magnetic field lines that flow through the poles extend much further uh thousands of kilometers before returning to the opposite pole so almost like an oval sort of yeah yeah so if you were to see, I think you can Google right now, like sun, the sun's magnetic field, and you'll see that actually the sun is kind of like a gigantic bar magnet. There's a positively side upper sphere that's usually indicated by red, yep. and a bottom that's negatively charged that's usually indicated by blue. So 
basically the sun is like a giant magnet of its own. Right. Um, so for the viewers, I have this little analogy for you. Imagine an apple, and the apple is the sun. And you stick a negatively charged end of a bar magnet through the top of the apple, such that the top of the apple has the positively charged side, and the bottom has negatively charged side. Except the sun is much more complex, because instead of a bar magnet, um, it's a non-homogeneous ionized nuclear soup of death and destruction. <laughs> so it's obviously not as simple as that. There's a lot more going on, but complete entropy. And with entropy comes uncertainty uh, in the interaction it has with its own magnetic fields. That's important to know because that's where uh, auroras are born. Mm -hmm. So let's imagine um, now we take that same apple analogy and around the apple you imagine um, you stick one of those like bendable pipe cleaners. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. You can bend them. Yes. Um, you stick one of those bendable pipe cleaners into, the, into a U-shape in the side of the apple. Okay. Now we're just imagining that that shape is... Is the bar? Is there two bar magnets, one on the top, one on the bottom? Well, just a, a bar magnet. It's just... In it. Um, oh, it's, it's in, in it. it. Okay. Yeah. Negative, positive. Yeah. In the core. Okay. Right. right. Stick and a now, thing. Stick now, a thing on the side. Now we bend stuck it up. a thing on the side. Bendy. Yep. And you start bending it uh, up and down uh, through the middle of that U. So it like shapes into a U shape, but you squeeze it together and it turns into like the infinity symbol almost. You have that visual in your head? Well, I have a, I have a little picture. So it looks like that. Okay. Um, and uh, you guys It's can like check an our... infinity shape. Half of the, an O right. is stuck into the apple. Correct. That's to explain the very complex... Um, are those flares? Like solar flares? That's where solar flares are born. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So... That's sick. Yeah. Because it goes... <laughs> in the back end. Yeah, so normally those... Out, cross, back in. Yeah, so yeah, normally cross. those little sunspots, um, they extrude plasma mm -hmm. from the center of the sun, basically. And they get sucked back in in its own magnetic field. Uh, we can use this visual to explain the magnetic fields at the equator of the sun. The entry point of the pipe cleaners are called sunspots, and the pipe cleaner is the plasma that springs out and gets sucked back into its own magnetic fields. Okay. So because the sun is entropic, those pipe cleaners, quote unquote, they break occasionally. And this rubber banding effect of the pipe cleaner, imagine I take a uh, pipe cleaner and squeeze it together and start bending it like crazy. And the pipe cleaner gets pinched so heavily at the center that it snaps at each point. Yes. Okay. Got it? Yeah. So now we're looking at almost like an, okay, never mind. Yeah. I do now. Right. So one O is broken off from another O. So like you get like a mini pipe cleaner left over and the rest of the pipe cleaner shoots off into space. Sure. Okay. I'm trying to like make this visual for the listeners because it's, if I explained like, oh, well, it's like entropic and splits at the, like, it's hard to like. I want to tell people entropy around. means random, basically. Lack of order or. Like know. complete. Like non-predictable. You cannot predict its right. next movement. Just to clarify, Even I don't know if we math. put that definition in there. No, we didn't. Like, Sorry. I'm they, just, no, it's all right. I'm operating under the assumption. Just think of entropy that. as randomness, unpredictability, kind of, you just, there's no sense to it. It's just doing its own thing. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So the pipe cleaner breaks, a piece of it goes flying into space. This is what the world calls a solar storm. Everybody's heard that term. 
oh, there's a solar storm going, electronics are at danger. What does that mean, right? You've heard that before? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because our <laughs> GPS nav signals get all wonky because, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It okay. affects the magnetic fields. Yeah, it does. It does. So here's the fucking crazy part. Oh, I'm ready. So a solar storm can reach speeds of over 8 million kilometers per hour. Jesus fuck! Yeah, so only six hours later, it hits Mercury. Because there are no strong enough magnetic fields on Mercury if you were standing on the surface during this. And there's a solar storm, which happens a lot, by the way. Is that, oh, this is a dumb question. I should know. It's the closest planet to the sun or no? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Well, from us, yeah. <clears throat> uh, you'd, you'd get millions of tons of plasma radiated at your face and almost instantly die. Well, yeah. No, not almost. You would instantly die. I mean, we can't survive on Mercury anyways, but yes. Well, correct. I'm just hypothetical. So after 12 hours, Venus gets slapped in the face with plasma. 12 hours. That's not much time for speed of light travel and shit like that. 18 hours, yeah. it reaches Earth. And this is the dun, solar dun, flares? Dun. This is the solar storm, yeah. Oh, a, a real salt, like a big baddie. Have we ever experienced... Oh, yeah, we just had one like two weeks ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, happens okay. all the time. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but it's Sorry. fucking terrifying. I, I put like a fucking bad <laughs> omen in my head, like a, a catastrophic, catastrophic event, not necessarily... It, honestly, <laughs> Sorry. this should be treated as a catastrophic event. It, it's actually... A solar flare? It's actually like... Yeah, it's actually a miracle that we can survive these things. Okay, so another thought experiment for your brain. Um, imagine a wind tunnel, one that you can see the wind like those car aerodynamic chambers. You know what I'm talking about? With the smoke. They like stick a car in there and you can see like the mm-hmm. the wind. Yeah. <clears throat> so imagine one of those. But imagine um, you run in there with like an umbrella and you pop it open. That's not good. Well, you know. Just imagine it. Okay. That is the sort of interaction that you would expect this these solar winds to hit Earth's magnetic fields. Yeah, you know, hit it and go out and around it. Although, so I always thought the interaction was like that, but um, but like Earth's magnetic fields were like kosher, like eh, whatever. It's there. The solar storm wraps around it, no problem. Does it swirl? <clears throat> It doesn't sort well, it does a little bit through the backside of it, and we'll talk about that. Okay, sorry. Um, but uh, it actually breaks a lot of Earth's magnetic fields and warps it. It, it pushes it and squishes it very diff- very hard against Earth's it. Earth's magnetic fields? The yeah. solar storm does that to us, yeah. Right. We have, like, this massive range of magnetic field, and this, the solar storms push it right up to the atmosphere. Like it but it also like, compacts it. it, though, and makes it stronger, right? Dense. Um, I mean, if you imagine, like... If you're crushing all those layers together. Yeah, I think, I think the closer you get, the stronger the magnetic push. Right. Sort of like a magnet. So okay. we're not at any risk of it breaking, but it is. it does warp it quite heavily. Which is <clears throat> Like, that's how fast and strong it is. It just <laughs> smacks into it at a... 8 million kilometers per hour. Right. So, yeah, it's kind of like a force field. Um... And uh, Earth has such a ridiculously strong magnetic field that it forces all of the plasma around the top and bottom side of Earth. The initial warping of the plasma forces some particles to get warped around and stuck at the poles. Yeah. So a lot of it just kind of jets off. It hits the yeah, it goes magnetic boop, field and, and then out. spreads outward. But yeah. the remainder... <clears throat> but, yeah, since Earth um, from top to bottom is where the uh, magnetic field sort of starts, originates from... Mm-hmm. Um, sort of like a funnel, 
the plasma gets funneled into the top and bottom side of the Earth, respectively, mm -hmm. the northern and southern hemispheres. Mm. Now, the initial impact is actually called the daytime aurora because if you imagine Earth, you know, it's spinning, it's kind of hard to always point at Earth and say this is this side of Earth because it's a sphere. Right. Um, and moving. Right. But there's always a daytime side lit up. Half of the Earth is always lit up by sunlight. The other half is always dark. Right. No matter what orientation you put it in. Right. At an <clears throat> angle, too. So the so we call this the uh, daytime aurora um, in, in, in the, its initial The solar stage. storms or just the magnetic bend? Solar storms cause auroras. I don't know if I made that clear. Yes. That's it, where yeah, yeah. From. But the daytime aurora. Right. The daytime aurora is hard to see because right. you can't really... I mean, some people have reported seeing them, um, but harder to see. Right. So, but that's the biggest impact is the daytime aurora. <clears throat> um, and here's something perplexing that I found in my research that confused, has confused scientists. Right. Mm -hmm. Recently, images have, of the entire planet have showed mismatched auroras happening at different times, which, how do you explain that? Unless, like, the solar wind happens to clip the top side, but, like, what, what are the chances of that, you know? Right. So I'm assuming you have an answer, I hope. I do not. Scientists don't know. Why the auroras wouldn't happen at the same time. Right. Which is weird because okay. the, actually the auroras are pretty active. It's almost not a daily, but a very close to being a daily occurrence. Right. So. Well, um, solar storms definitely make for the most colorful and extravagant auroras. Right. It really but they're bumps not, it up. Right. But plasma is extruding from the sun 24-7. Constantly. Right. It's just a solar storm is like a massive blob of it coming at you. Right. Um, the, yeah, we talked about the two stages of, well, no, we haven't. We talked about the initial stage, but there's a backstage called the nighttime aurora. And now yes. that's the one that everyone, you, when you type in aurora borealis or aurora australis, that's the one that everybody talks about. They right. don't talk about the initial stage because this one happens at night. And right, because we can see it. it's the most colorful, yeah. But again, the initial stage is, <clears throat> is the same exact thing. It's just we can't see it, right? You can see it. Like I said, people have reported seeing it. If you yeah. looked up and really paid attention, you, you would see Aurora Borealis. During um, the day. During the day. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. just harder to see because the atmosphere is illuminated by the sun. It's the daytime aurora. So keep in mind that with these magnetic fields on the front side of Earth, the side that's pointed towards Earth, there's also back sides of, the, uh, of, of Earth's magnetic um, field. Yeah. And because it squishes one side of it, it sort of bends and warps the backside into a tail. Right. Right. I have a little picture for that. Too. Yeah, it's a flat head and then a long... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll post these pictures on Instagram, so if you want to kind of scroll through them, these will all make perfect sense. Um, don't do it while you're driving. <clears throat> but don't do it while you're driving. <laughs> yeah. If you do, we won't do. So the magnetic fields protect us from 28,000 degree solar plasma. A high-energy, high-speed, ionized plasma byproduct of literal nuclear fusion happening right. inside the sun. Uh, it would be like getting hit with the Death Star, except instead of the Earth blowing up, you would just be cooked alive instantly if it weren't for these magnetic fields. It's fucking crazy. Fun fact. That come from our core. Yeah, since these solar winds actually distort and warp the magnetic fields, there have been accounts for solar winds so massive and frequent 
that it stretches and bends that magnetic field so much that the northern lights can be seen as far down as Honolulu. So the impact to our magnetic field was so warping. Right. That the... It can stretch it down stretches, the side. yeah. Which all is, the way down to Honolulu. Which is really probably fucking rare, but... It yeah. is rare, but... Less than once a year? Not impossible. The last right. one we know of was in 19... Or, sorry, 1859. Oh, definitely less than once a year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that one was referred to as the Carrington event, something you can look up later for your own enjoyment. Cool. Um, it was the most intense geomagnetic storm recorded in history. That is terrifying. Also, because it was so massive. And we massive, probably didn't have technology back then to record the full fucking extent. Sorry to interrupt, but exactly. shit! No, I'm glad you said that because that was the spark of the research behind solar storms. Right. Because they're like, what the fuck is this? Right, they're like, um, okay, and also like, oh, on their radars, it's a little blip today. Fucking red alerts come across the sky. Planes take off. The Air Force is fucking going crazy. We're launching nukes. Right. <laughs> Anyways, okay, sorry. That's okay. Yeah, so peaking in September of 1859 during solar cycle 10, it created strong auroral displays that were reportedly global. Mm -hmm. So, like, right. Earth was, like, encased in plasma for a day. This was 1959? 1859. Oh, 1859. Yeah. Okay. So the geometric storm was associated with a very bright solar flare uh, that was actually observed. Um, by humans on the 1st of, sep of September. They saw the fucking solar flare. <clears throat> That's how big it was. No, thank you. Yep. A geometric storm of this magnitude occurring today would cause widespread electrical disruptions, total blackouts, and potential damage due to extended outages to the power grid. Is it similar to like an EMP? Sort of. Yeah, you know Comparable how... Comparable to... <clears throat> yeah, I mean... Uh, it, I mean, obviously, uh, movies are, like, dramatized. They drop him in the electrical, it goes... Yeah. And yeah. then shit dies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, if they said that repeated itself today, the power grids would need to be rebuilt because they would be so damaged. That's crazy. Because the type of... Well, it's the type of technology we have versus, like, the hard, rough and tough shit we had then. This is more, like... We didn't have anything electrical back then, really. We oh, true. Eight, I'm... I'm stuck because I think the first time you said 1959, yeah, not I'm 1859. Yeah, sorry, 1859. Okay. Yeah, so we've gone from the sun, the plasma, mm -hmm. the hydrogen, and... and magnetic and fields. Yep, magnetic fields, uh, the plasma getting extruded from the sun, mm -hmm. it blasting the magnetic field, uh, going to the north and south poles, respectively, um, although observed at different times sometimes. That's perplexing. Which is interesting because <clears> also Earth's at an angle... Too, but never mind. A little bit. Yeah, it's yeah. on an axis. You're correct. So let's talk about why all the colors and, and what causes the colors. Yeah. The because colors. that is its own scientific particle physics yes. craziness. So, so it hits Earth. We're fine because of our magnetic field. But what causes it? So our atmosphere is made up of 99% nitrogen and oxygen together. And with it's a one percent primarily nitrogen, right? Actually, not oxygen. I don't know if I did the ratio. Um, I think it's like eighty percent, but keep going. Well, it it it's important to know that it always it's not always static. We can't really say that there's sixty percent nitrogen and 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 forty approximately seventy eight percent nitrogen, twenty one percent oxygen, and then trace small gases, other gases, right? CO two or yep, CO two, neon, hydrogen. But it's always changing. Right, right. They said right. approximately, right. 
but still mostly nitrogen. Still mostly nitrogen cool. at most times that we observe it, yes. Right. Um, and when those atoms are struck by an aurora, or let's say plasma, for sure. instance, the, uh, the plasma hits these atoms and the atoms become excited. In other words, uh, it causes their electrons to orbit faster and in higher orbits all of a sudden. Right. <clears throat> and so all of these atoms store this energy, right? Um, but these particles in these states are unstable, mm -hmm. which causes them to relax back into their normal orbits. And when they relax into their normal orbits, it releases that previously stored energy in the form of photons. In other words, light. Right. Okay. <clears throat> um, in that case, its energy propagates itself as light that you can visibly see in the sky. Now, the color of auroras. Depending on the ratio of gases that are present at a given time in the atmosphere depends on the colors that you see. Right. And I sent you a little Easter egg about meteorites colors. Did you catch that? I sent Instagram? it to you. Did you? No, I sent it to you. Did you send it to me? That's ironic. Mm-hmm. Well, very relevant, <clears throat> because just like meteors um, that excrete, excrete different colors due to gases, so do auroras. Like the sun's soupy nuclear and tropic fusion, our atmosphere is constantly changing and hard to keep track of in a way that auroras um, are sort of like taking x-rays of the, of the sky at that time. Right. So when it, when, it, when it hits the sky, we can actually visibly see for a moment Right. The chemical makeup of it. We're taking an x-ray of the sky with the plasma. But the, the amount of fucking radiation or whatever, <clears throat> the plasma that comes off is just a constant wave. Right. Versus x-ray is a blip. It's a blip. Sure. Versus so, this so, one's constant. That's why we right. can see it, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, what we're seeing when we're looking at an aurora is the particles that were charged by the plasma that we cannot see. Right. Plasma itself, we can't see it hit. Um, the atmosphere, and they excrete these uh, charged particles in the form of light. Um, oxygen atoms release photons that are at longer wavelengths, so you get colors like green, yellow, or red auroras. Right. Uh, whereas nitrogen atoms release high-frequency blue light. Okay. So depending on the mixture, can alter the color. Can. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. And it results in a stunningly beautiful symphony of Color particle physics is what I like to call it. I like it. And I have a couple of really, really good examples of oxygen and nitrogen auroras that I'll post on our Instagram. Oh, yeah. So you can but see But everyone thinks time. of the green, too. So well, is the green, is so there a actually, common, is there like a percent of um, common? I don't know, but all I know is that oxygen releases... Um, releases green auras. But it's interesting that I think at any point in time we measure higher nitrogen levels. Right. So you'd think they'd be more blue. You would think. But I've also never seen them, have you? I've never seen the Aurora Borealis. I wish I had. <clears throat> But so I'm going in our Instagram message. You did send it to me, but I also I posted it on my story before you sent it. Oh, really? Okay. That's happened. So I think I saw it and was like, ooh, that's relevant. Yeah, probably. Okay, interesting. But I thought that was the sickest <clears throat> thing ever. Yeah. So that's cool. The chemical, uh, it makes sense why the different elements essentially put off different colors. Same thing if you burn same with chemical reactions, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. It's also interesting to know that if there was a different chemical makeup in our atmosphere, it would be totally different colors. Totally. We might have purple auroras. Our whole metabolic makeup would be different, mm -hmm. probably. Mm -hmm. and Jupiter has auroras that we don't even 
understand. So any any planet with a magnetic field? Do all the planets <laughs> in our solar system have magnetic fields? That's a great question. Oh, okay. I don't know. But you know most of them do? Maybe, I imagine they do, but some aren't strong enough to, to hold. create auroras. Right. Right. But they're just, or it's not strong enough of a plasma of a solar flare, 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 flare to... Affect be. the magnetic field, maybe, yeah. to cause enough to traction, basically, the poles mm-hmm. and create an aurora Could if they're be. far enough away. But, I mean, in theory, um, in tra- traveling in a vacuum, particles... Uh, it, they wouldn't lose... Matter in motion stays in motion, especially in a vacuum. Right, because it's fucking space. So, so it, tr- would, it would hit Mars the same, Mercury the same, <laughs> Jupiter the same, Earth the same, Pluto the same. Right. Now, I mean, if you... Followed a particle that hit a magnetic field on Earth and bounced well, if, off, it would slow down. But, right, because, you know. again, friction or right. whatever. Right. But if there was no disturbance and it just went, mm-hmm. kept going, yeah, it'd be the same. Because yep. it wouldn't lose momentum. There's nothing to... Maybe a tiny, tiny, tiny bit, but, but we're again, talking about 7 million light years away. Right. And yeah, it probably slows and it's down. very minimal. I mean, light slows down. Over right. time. Eventually. That's what redshifting is, remember? Right. But anyway. I thought that was like bending. <clears throat> I guess, is it technically the same? It would be slowing? It's not that it's, it's not that the speed that it's, it's coming at you is slowing, more that the wavelength stretches out. Right. And so therefore the color shifts because it's a lower lav- wavelength than when. Does that mean it's technically still slowing down if the wavelength changes? I don't know. Ask a particle physicist. Or an astrophysicist. Um, Maybe we should get Neil deGrasse Tyson on here. I'm asking you. Well, I'm not an astrophysicist. No, but you do a pretty damn good job. I do my research. Mm -hmm. That is a good question, though. So that's auroras on Earth. That's everything you need to know from the origin to why they're the color they are and how. To the insertion. Maybe we'll find an answer as to why. So, you know what's kind of weird about that research paper that says that they have seen them at mismatched times. When was that? Do you happen to know the date? I It was in an article. And, and that was reported from the ISS. Unclear of where it was reported from. Oh, I thought it was tied into the International Space Station. No, but they can see the auroras very clearly from there. Right. Well, yeah. They yeah. probably have the best fucking view of the auroras. Right. Because they can see probably the whole entire thing. Yeah. No, not, ne- eh, not necessarily. I wrote, I wrote a little footnote on here, and I said the verbiage is confusing because there is an explanation of how they could be um, slightly mismatched mm-hmm. because of the warping of the magnetic fields. It isn't always perfectly symmetrical. And right. also the amount that enters um, the atmosphere of plasma mm-hmm. could cause... Who knows that, uh, you know, if the plasma causes the colors in a mixture of atmosphere that is a different mixture than the southern hemisphere wouldn't cause colors more frequently than, right. than the other, you know? There's so many variables at play that it's hard to be like, they should happen exactly at the same time. We also have a big southern cold fucking continent down there, mm. and we just kind of have Greenland. You know what would be funny? Here. There's is no if... northern continent. Right. True. Northern Arctic, like, land mass. Mm-hmm. That's big. I mean, Greenland is huge, don't get me wrong. Same mm-hmm. with, like, northern Canada, but mm-hmm. there's nothing else up there. There's a research center in Svalbard. Sure. 
Do you know where, do you know what Svalbard is? No. Oh my god, that we should I, do an I don't do geography. Episode. I don't we, even know where the fuck that is. We should do an entire episode about Svalbard. I could do that. What's that? I, it's home of the of the World Seed Vault where we currently have one of every single seed on earth dating back like 50 years. Like and, plants? Are you yeah. talking about plants? Okay. Plant thank seeds. You. And but also in Svalbard is a um, observatory. Oh, Okay. That takes scans of the night sky and mm. observes the chemical makeup. Is it in Greenland? Um, I think Svalbard S- is in... Svalbard. Uh, no, wait. Uh, Norwegian. Appalachia. Go. Apple. Ar- Arpic. I can't speak. It's in, northern, it's in northern Norway. Whoa. Basic, Honestly, it's actually below Greenland. That's like right in the middle of Greenland if you're to like go over. But, okay. Huh. So there you go. Cool. Yeah, that would be really interesting. I would also like to learn about all the labs that have every strain of every disease possible, because I know we've kept all those for the last mm, at least couple hundred centuries, if not probably more than that, too. They're somewhere on Earth. Great. You know what I'm afraid of? Every is, fucking uh, strain is called biowarfare. Yeah. You know what I'm afraid of is if like a mosquito carrying a disease is frozen somewhere in the Arctic North under thousands of feet of ice that eventually global warming will dig all that up and somehow release a virus into Do you think the, the mosquito would fly away from the ice no. after being frozen? No. But Do you I think mean, that virus that's in that mosquito would last more than maybe an hour on that cold-ass Arctic? Because, say, it exposes, but still it's going to be cold fucking water and ice. Who knows? Maybe it was a crazy a global super pandemic. virus. A super virus. They have super vi- literally super viruses that are super agile. Um, what are they? Co- what is it? Not virulent. Um, basically, when a virus is super resilient and it doesn't die very easily, it's very again hardy. So that would be something that if you guys know what that is, please tell me because it's driving me crazy. Again, I can't fucking look past because every time I try and look up any definition of virus, it's all COVID. All right. Um, that concludes the podcast for today. Um, we are unofficially sponsored by no one. So if you'd like to sponsor the podcast, please send an email um, out to... We are officially sponsored by Summit Chiropractic. Really? How much are you paying us? <laughs> I don't... Dis- we don't discuss our finances on the podcast. Sure, I can. I found $20 today in my pocket. That's your own mistakes that you left it in there. It probably went through the washer. Maybe some guy put it in my pocket. Uh, who would... Did, did you feel someone reach in your pocket? No, maybe he's a magician or something. I don't know. I don't ask questions when I find 20 bucks. All right. Anyway, send us an email to starmanspodcast at gmail.com or check us out on Instagram at... Starman's Podcast. Do-do-do-do-do-do! That's my thing. No, I went, now I, went, I can never do it again. <laughs> I went sharp on the last note. So oh, yeah. By the way, my undies in. are the right way, inside, right side out. Right side. <laughs> right side out. Right. Wait, right. if the right side was out, wouldn't mean wouldn't that mean that the inside is... Wait a second. Inside out, right side in? The right side is Right proper. side in would make more sense. The right side? Right side <laughs> out doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the right side out. I guess it's not referring to a side. It just means they're in the right orientation. Okay. Uh, okay, we're done. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye.
on the next episode of Starman's. Which is going to be about the Death Star. No. No. The tease is... Boom. Boom? Boom. Boom? That's all you get? B-O-O-M? That's all you get. We're talking about bombs. Sure. All right. Interpret that how you want. That's the next episode. See you next time.